You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back on Inside Black and Gold. We went through the the up, stock up segment. Now we're going to go through the stock down segment. We're going to close out with a mailbag. Uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a long show because we went a half hour on the stock up segment, but I was just so excited to talk about it. These players, I'm not quite as excited to start talk about it. And you know what? Like it's tough. Week two, I, I don't like trashing players. Guys struggle. You know, the goal is they can get better. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, bury anybody for their performance in week two I thought all in all you had some really nice showings um, but a guy who I think really did struggle and it was an odd choice I thought going in and you know he, he looked solid week one so I'm not gonna you know you're, you're learning he is a rookie it's Lou Headley the punter you know you don't get a ton of chances to impact games as a punter and in a lot of instances, the only thing you can do you, you can do is not screw up, right? Like you you want to you want to get them in the most reasonable starting field position you can without giving them an advantage. And in multiple cases in this game, Lou Headley got the ball in a place in a situation where he could have flipped the field and instead gave Carolina you know a advantageous situation. The first punt of the game, he shanked it. The can't the Panthers went down, kicked the field goal, got a three zero lead, like. That guy, that was the defense didn't sacrifice anything really. They allowed a long field goal attempt, but that's a that's a score because they were put in an advantageous position. I think they started at their own thirty eight or something like that, and that's on the punter late in the game. He had a chance to pin them deep, and he kicked it through the end zone. And when you're that rugby style punter, it's going to look awkward, and your entire game is kicking it out of bounds. You know, kicking it inside the twenty, but out of bounds. So there's no chance for a return, and you're deciding what their field position is based on where it goes out of bounds. Well, on that in that case, he just. Bops it in the end zone. They get the ball at the twenty, and I think they went down and kicked the field goal on that on that possession. It, it set them up for a long drive, and you know, you just you made the decision to to not go with Gillikin to go with the rookie. You know, I think he's going through some rookie some growing pains right now. Thankfully, it didn't cost you ultimately in this game. He's got to be better. Uh, you mentioned it too when talking about the you know that punt. I think. Uh, both re- resulted the the shanks ended up in points for the Panthers, but man oh man, the defense still did their job for the black and gold. The Panthers kicker Pinero 
two kicks over 50 plus yards. That was pretty impressive from him. I, I was like, damn, that guy was booming him. Yeah, he doesn't miss. I think the you know, uh, we were talking about this on the broadcast. The Saints, it feels like they haven't had an opponent miss a kick in forever. It's because they haven't. The last kick that was missed against them in a game was uh, against the Steelers last year. Every kick attempted since that point has gone through against the Saints. And so, yeah, and that, that includes like Nick Folk last week, a guy who showed up, you know, at the end of camp, what, five for five, you know, I don't know what it is. The, the kickers gain superpowers when they go up against the Saints. Yeah, uh, the but overall for Headley, uh, we're just hoping to see some improved play coming down the stretch because, yeah, he won't last long if those keep happening to shorten the field for the opponent, for sure. Yeah, no, it, it's yeah, you got to be better than that. And and I, mean, I think he will be, right? Like, people are going to overreact because it does look a little awkward, but that's kind of the style. It's not going to look pretty. Darren Rizzi talked about that. Like, you're going to see it, and it's going to look weird. I had someone tell me he's holding the ball too long. And no, that's actually part of the, you know, one of the reasons you see them hold the ball and they kind of extend a little bit is because – you know, with that style, you're not getting as much hang time. But so you, so you kind of make up the gap there by holding it for maybe a split second longer, maybe taking a step to the left or right. And that gives your your coverage a little, that extra time to get down that they might be losing in the hang time. So, yeah, it's 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 a whole thing. But, you know, I think I think he'll get better again. He's a rookie. He's 30, but he is a rookie. And uh, you just, you know, yeah, either way, you know, he's the stock down guy. You had to pick somebody. So that's him. The next guy on this list. And I try to pick someone from all phases when I can. Like, I don't want to be too harsh on either side of the ball with these. And there is one guy on defense. I thought the defense, I thought the defense is going to be hard for defense. Well, it, it is, but it's also like in a lot of these instances before I have the benefit of going over film, it's usually the guy who frustrates me the most in the game that gets the the criticism from me. And in this case, it's a guy who, you know, it's for, for a familiar reason, it's Paulson Adebo. And it's because while I think he's been really good and he's, he's a very good cover corner, he's very physical, he's gotten the job done. He was my pick on the outside the whole, the whole way. Like I was confident in him and I'm still confident in him, but he has a really bad habit of getting penalties at the wrong time. Third and 10, you cannot be holding. Make the guy beat you. Like even, even if he's going to beat you out of the break, force Bryce Young to make that throw. And if you did that, if you just kept your hands off of him, that's a strip sack fumble Saints, you know, and that's a put away type turnover at that point in the game. Instead, it's this really just dumb holding penalty. I think he had a the, the Saints didn't get a lot of penalties in that game. I think they only had three, but two of them were on Paulson Adibo. We had a pass interference later in the game that extended the drive, and I, you know, it, like those are the plays that I need to stop happening, um, especially in moments like that. Third and ten. You can't give up a five-yard penalty for a first down. If if he's going to hit that guy on a comeback route for 10 yards for a first down, fine. You live with it. You can't make it automatic. And so that's, you know, like that's that's my nitpicking on the defense. They were really good. I thought Paulson had a, a pretty good day overall. But those moments have to stop because uh, we saw it last year. We saw him give up that horrible pass interference to Mike Evans that really set up the, the Bucks at the goal line and they ended up winning that game. Um, you know, he just, it, it's, it's something that has cropped up with him at inopportune times. And uh, so he's on this list for me today. I, de- I definitely understand, you know, nothing against Paulson, obviously, but yeah, the, the untimely penalty is, is not great. Like you said, if a third and 10 situation you got to get off the damn field. And that was a situation where you, you were getting a turnover 
that ended in up Panthers territory. There. Yeah. And like that, that that's a kill shot. Like, you know, you mentioned that too. Uh, at least though, that wasn't Paulson's only statistics of the game. Unlike the other person who has penalized this matchup. Yeah. So I know who you're talking about and he is, he's not on my stock down, but he is in my dishonorable mention category. And so we'll skip the last stock down guy and go to that. Cause you talked about it. Jimmy Graham, if your only impact on the game is a holding penalty, uh, that's bad, <laughs> you know, and there, there, there's, I've heard there's a vision for Jimmy so far. I don't know what it is. And you're looking at a, at a team that decided to go into this game with two running backs and three tight ends at a certain point. It's like, why is Jimmy Graham active? And, and it's like, you, you know, would you not have been better served with Kirk Merritt and the only impact he had on the game I think he had 10 snaps and then that, that one hold, you know, I, I like Jimmy Graham. I, I'd love to see him catch a touchdown at the Superdome. That would be fantastic. But it, it, is he just around as a novelty? Um, because at a certain point, it's working against you. Um, I, I don't think there's any issues, obviously, with health-wise, or else he wouldn't have been active. You no, know, look, looking to anything that happened way back in L.A. during those joint practices with the Chargers. But I think we're pretty much past that, at least health-wise. I know legal issues too, but man, I, you know, what, what, the team in the red zone just not getting anything, like even attempted to him, kind of seems just wrong. Yeah, and I, and I mean, like the offense didn't really do a ton in the first half to merit it, and you had these big plays, and you ran the ball well, and I, in the second half, and uh, I just think like at a certain point, he, yeah, I don't think you cut him. But at a certain point, is is he not on that inactive list, right? Like, I don't think... I think you need more than two running backs active. And you saw in this game why. Because running backs get hurt. And if you're if you're sacrificing that third running back and just to have an extra tight end, you know, that's you know that that's a stock down for me, I, for sure, in that dis, dishonorable mention category. Yeah, definitely hoping we see something from Jimmy because right now he has really just felt kind of ornamental. <laughs> It's a good word, ornamental. That's that's what it, it's what it feels like. And, and I mean, he is a leader. Like it's that's not for nothing. But yeah. So let's go back. So the last stock down player. So this is actually the third stock down player, and Jimmy's in that kind of secondary list. Derek Carr. You know, I, like and and it's harsh. I think he has showed up late in the game in moments where you need to go win a game, and he's gone and win won them. But you know, there's a point where these interceptions late in the first half are inexcusable, and in a tight game like that. You know, he, he needs to go buy Carl like a watch or something because Carl Granderson saved them three points. They didn't end up scoring, which they got the ball in, in prime position to potentially score before the half because of that strip fumble by Carl. But Derek Carr, you know, Carl saved him from a horrible interception that would have at minimum been three points, if not for that turnover, maybe more. And... You know, that's two weeks in a row we've seen it. And while he'll take it on the chin and, and talk about it like that, and that's fine. Again, I got, that's what he should do. And and he's not wrong. They were terrible interceptions. You know, you got to be better than that. And I did appreciate what he said about the defense um, in his post game. And, and uh, let's listen to that. Yeah, that's really part of the season. I, like, I, I think a couple people said that was part of the reason you wanted to come here. Yes, that's a very big part of the reason, you know. Um, any team that I talked to was a team with a defense, you know, and, you know, when I, I played these guys, you know, I've played, I knew DA, you know, I, I know what it's like and how difficult it is. And um, all I want to do is win, you know, and so I was like, shoot, if I can go there and have a day like today, ha- didn't play my best in the first half, 
come back, play good in the second half, and win a game. Like I didn't have to be perfect for four quarters, and we won. Like that, that is awesome. Um, I don't like that. Still, you know, we won, but it's still six. I, I should have played better. I, I can help the offense more. I can do. You know, you, you sit back and you. I'm already analyzing it, right? Um, but to have that defense to hold us, keep us in there until we got clicking in the second half. I mean, it helped us. It helped us win the football game. What uh, What happened on that interception? Uh, well, yeah, I saw him coming down. I saw Chris going behind him, and when I saw him step down, I didn't even. It was a terrible read. You know, he. I knew he didn't have anything affecting him. I should have known he was going going to get back there. I saw Chris. I threw it. As soon as I threw it, I was like, "You idiot!" You know, like it, it was terrible. It was my fault all the way. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You know, we talked about this, that that was one of the big talking points of Derek Carr coming to the Saints is, you know, why why has Derek Carr not had success throughout his career? Well, he's never played with a top 10 defense even. And so how do things work when he does? And so, you, you know, that's what he wanted. He wanted to play with a good defense because there are going to be moments where you don't play well. And it's nice when you can have one of the worst halves you've had in a while and still going with a 6-3 lead. And that's what happened in that game is they got to halftime and he knew he could play better. And he's, but still doing that with a lead. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I appreciate the honesty from him. I do think he's going to get better. I think the protection is going to get better. The killer instinct, instinct is something, you know, the, the, the ability to just clutch up and go win a game is invaluable, in my opinion. It's where the stat heads kind of miss when you're talking about quarterback play. It's like you can say, oh, he's, there's not a huge difference between him and Andy Dalton. The way those games ended is the difference. And, but what I need is for him to show up earlier in the game. I would love a blowout win at some point this season. You know, like that would be nice. Now uh, you're just asking too much. But no, so he's in my stock down, not because I'm I'm out on him, but because, you know, he's disappointed me in the first half of both of these games. And but and I think he can be better, is, is basically what I'm saying. No, and the, the pick that he had, it was one of those, you had to double check, was like, wait a minute, did Jameis Winston go out there? Because it kind of looked like God's plan. Come on, like, what that's what the, are you doing? No, I don't, why, why are you hitting Jameis with strays? All he's doing is sitting there being like, yeah, yes. That, that's now become like a meme everywhere. No, that, that's uh, that's not fair to Jameis. When Jameis was in there, he did not make throws like that. that. That's the thing. He did make one throw like that um, against the Panthers, actually, and that was week two in 2021. It was before the half. He just made one of these YOLO throws, and it got intercepted. It was similar, but I think one of the qualities that Jameis had when he was out there was not throwing these terrible interceptions in his own territory. So I don't think that's fair. Um, but Derek's Derek's got to be better than that. It was just reminding me of, you know, just go up and hope, hopefully he gets the kind of thing in triple coverage. Yeah, no, it was it was terrible. Yeah. And, and like the, the spot if and well, Jameis threw a couple interceptions with the Saints. And I think one of the reasons I didn't hate them is because, you know, you're in shot play territory. You know, the Bucks game last year, you're at about the 50 yard line. He's going deep to Chris Olave because, you know, it's like, OK, worst case scenario, it gets intercepted and they get it at the 20. In this case, it's like you can't make that type of throw in your own territory in a 6-3 game. 
you know? And so, yeah, I mean, and, and Derek's not, you know, he's not shying away from that. It's like, it was terrible. He said that himself. And so, you know, like I, I fully expect to have him in the stock up category next week, but, uh, right now he's, he's been disappointing, I think. No, and the best part of it was the way you closed the game, obviously. Yeah, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. All right, you you mucked it up and had a terrible first half, but you didn't let that get to you and still made some key throws down the stretch, which obviously vital for the team. And, man, we keep seeing, yeah, that that, that Shahid and uh, connection late seems to be pretty money. I, yeah, and, I mean, I love Rashid so much. He's one of my favorite players uh, to watch and to talk to. And he's just he's just fantastic. Uh, so it's it's great to see that. The last one I'll say on the dishonorable mention side is the offensive line again. I'm not going to single anybody out until I'm able to go through the film. But, you know, you look at that interior and, and it's like, man, we can talk about Trevor Penning and we could say, like, man, Trevor's got to get better. I expected Trevor to have some struggles. I did not expect Caesar Ruiz, James Hurst, Eric McCoy, these guys to be a sieve at this point in the season. That's what they've been. And at, at a certain point, you're going to end up facing offensive lines that are not as talented as the Titans and the, and the, and the Panthers, who I think are probably two top five defensive fronts. But you got to get better. And uh, that's got to start soon. Yeah, I just have the image of Ruiz like getting run over in, in my brain still. Uh, I, I have to watch things over again, too. But, and, I, and I think you're right. You can't pinpoint it on any specific one person. It's still the unit as a whole, for sure. And I mean, the Panthers are tough. The Panthers are in a lot of games and stunts. So do the Titans up front that you got to communicate well. And I think that's been a big part is there hasn't been the communication you need. But I expect it to get better. It's, you it's, talk about like the, the Panthers. I, I I found out about the name Frankie Lavu yesterday. The you know game day. I was like, the guy was everywhere. Lavu, yeah, they, they he got through a couple times. Uh, yeah, the Panthers are a good front, so you're going to give up sacks. You know, I, I get more concerned about the protection when it gets worse throughout the course of a game because you're going to have these plays that you're not familiar with. The defense might catch you with one with a stunt that you just were not prepared for and you get a free rusher. If that's happening in the second half, like if you look good to start a game and you get figured out and they find stuff that's, that, that works against you and they just start hammering you with it, that's a bigger issue to me than, okay, they got you in the first half and then you came back and you found ways to counter it and you were able to get stuff going. That's what good teams do. And I think that's what the Saints have been able to do in spurts late in the games and so there's some positivity there but if you want breakdowns of offensive line stuff go check out deuce windham on twitter he's been breaking down all the trevor penning he, he has a video up there right now where he broke down all the sacks and all on both sides and he just he does a great job so check his his stuff out i think his podcast is called hudak confessional it's really good um yeah he does the you know the film breakdowns where he's sitting in the corner you know which which i've always been jealous of because i don't have that type of green screen ability in my uh, in my life i do have a green screen but i'm not good at it so if you if you if you are interested in in the offensive line breakdowns because i don't pretend to be an offensive line expert i don't know what i don't know right but he he does actually know his stuff so I, i'd go check that out oh i, I that laugh out. at everybody on on the social media that is you know talking about trevor penning's footwork everyone's an, everyone's an expert someone was like oh, i played high school i played football before you were born and i was like cool so did everyone who played football before I was born. That doesn't make you an expert. That just means you were alive. It means you're old. But all right, let's wrap this segment up. We're going to come back. We're going to hit a mailbag. So we're going to come back. We're going to dive into some questions. This is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. We're coming at you after the Saints 20-17 to 17 victory over the Panthers that was a little bit more dominant than that score might make it sound. Saints defense has just been remarkable, and we're going to talk more about that. Keep it locked on Inside Black and Gold. <laughs> 